And we're talking about something this morning that's been in my heart for a little while. And uh, it's something I don't normally preach about, maybe once a year, maybe every other year. But something I feel like is very important to us as a congregation, to us as people. Um, It's not a real popular subject. It's not a real popular thing to to speak from. I'd like you you to go to Isaiah chapter 5, if you would. We all have the, uh, a lot of things we have to discipline ourselves in our thinking about. Let me just read it to you. <clears throat> Don't miss out. Don't miss out on the rapture. Don't miss out on the rapture. For the way that the world, as a social way the world is telling us to think. We have so many things that we have to deal with all the time. And, and um, nothing bothers me anymore than when I, I get bombarded with things that, that, let me just stay on track. These are, I'm going to quote some things here that are commonly said, and people say these things, and they're quotes and things that the people say about themselves, and they make excuses or they justify how they are, how they think. They said, I am this way. You got to embrace me or tolerate me. This is the new normal. I'm not sure if I'm male or female. It's just a business. Referring to it, it's a business. It's just uh, just a business in dealing with sexual trafficking people. It's amazing. The more you do something, or, or often you're exposed to it and exposed to it, and at first it offends you, and the second time it doesn't offend you as much. And about the fourth or fifth time, you just go, oh, "That's just that's just the norm of how people think." There are so many things in our country and so many things in our world today that is, that is absolutely opposite of what God says. And I'm going to share with you some scripture today about what the Lord says. I don't want to miss the rapture. Man, you know, that's, a, that's a scary thing. I'm instantly, when I start talking about this, people begin to panic and they don't, want, uh, they don't want to listen or they want to leave or whatever. But just stay and listen to me and, and endure the next 30 minutes or so. Because the rapture is the goal that we're all having, that we all have in mind, or, or death, one or the other. You're either going to die, and you're going to the presence of the Lord, or you're going to be raptured. And have, me, have you ever think about this? I think the rapture's pretty soon, you know, the next 10 years, next 15 years, next 150 years. Well, of course. You know, Scripture says if, Ten shortened the days, there'd be no righteous left. And that concerns me about us. Is there righteous people today in which we live? And how many of us are righteous, but how many of us are slowly getting gnawed on and slowly beginning to lower our standards to accept things just because people say that it's the way we have to accept things now? 
Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. darkness, And put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I've been reading a book. It's, it's called The Hensley Settlement. Uh, it's probably some of my relatives. I, don't, I never knew any of those. And, and they were around the, around the 1900 year, about 120, 119 years ago. They started a settlement up on top of a mountain in, in uh, Bell County, Kentucky, and I've been reading about the different things they do and the way they make uh, their houses. They built their houses with their broad axe, and uh, it doesn't matter. But, but but it's just I go back a hundred some years to just a simple way of doing things and the way they cured their stuff. Did y'all know that y'all can dig a hole down pretty deep, you know, about three foot or four foot down. And you put your potatoes in there and lay stuff over top of them, and they'll last all winter. Did y'all know that? So you can do apples the same way. And not, no, this isn't anything new. But have you ever thought about it? I could go into a lot of other things they'd done. It was, was kind of cool. How about, how about up in the attic of their, of their house, they would have their meat cured, they have meat hanging up there, and let it cure. How many like to have your meat hanging right there? Yeah, 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 maybe not. Maybe don't care. But, but it's, a, it's the truth of the matter is they live differently, and they live differently on purpose. The world was beginning to change. The world was beginning to modernize itself and, and transportation and communication. But these people set themselves aside, and for the next 50 years, that's where they lived. 50 years. Could you imagine living in one place for 50 years and never coming off the hill? Okay. Oh, to be in the crowd. Oh, to be accepted. Oh, to be like everyone else. Our, our society spouts a lot of things that we are, not, are to be tolerant of. This is the beginning of a, of a playing down of the moral and ethical and spiritual truths that live within our church. They should be in our life. Man. I don't know if you value yourself or you value others very much, but... But when you allow others to demonstrate things and, 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 and because of society saying that certain things should be tolerated, I get kind of sick to my stomach. And one thing I want to say here, you can be so sick of sin or so intolerant of sin and, and so offended by sin, but not bitter towards sin, not bitter toward the person. This is about the rapture of the church. So I'll get there in a minute. But it gets so heavy on my heart and, and it aggravates me so much when people, and it's, it's part of the sexual revolution, I know back in the 60s, in the 70s, and 80s, and 90s, and now we're at another uh, level of dementia or demented, demented thinking in this about them thinking that somebody doesn't know if they're one way or the other. Well, let me tell you, God doesn't make mistakes in how he designed us and it's just because of other people insinuating things to us long enough that we become what everybody else says. Am I making any sense? There's something about us that, that when we get stuck to think a certain way, it just begins to snowball. And, and so now we have a, a huge dilemma in America that our bathrooms are no longer male or female. If you're male, it's supposed to be. You can go either or. Not, I won't go into any more. I really want to focus on the last days. Luke chapter 17.
you know, living normal now today, and, and I look at our granddaughters, and I look, watch my kids, and I think of things normal today compared to when I was growing up. And I know every generation is like this. When you become a grandpa, you begin to think about how great things used to be. And I know what it's like to get up in the morning when school's out. You can't wait because you run outside with your shorts on and your low-cut low sneakers, and you take off on your bike, and you go play all day, and you run all day, and you come back in exhausted, Dirt behind your ears and dirt rings around your neck, you know, the, the way it's supposed to be. And I don't know if, if kids today know what dirt around your neck is or if they get rust behind their ears. I don't know any of those things, but I know. No, I'm leave it alone. It's easy we said and we think about those things, but it's important that we all keep a, a, a familiar core in our life that we value our relationship with the Lord. And Luke chapter 17. And verse 26, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall, shall the days of the son, so it shall also be in the days of the son of man. They did eat, they did drink, and they drank, and they, did, and they married wives. And they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered, in, entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Why did God destroy them all? It's, it seems like it's rather harsh about destroying everybody and just saving one. Let's go continue. Likewise, likewise, also was in the days of Lot. They eat, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day the Lord went out of Sodom. The same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be when the when a man, son of man shall be revealed. It's amazing that we just live and, and ever we watch the news or we don't watch the news and we just continue, we continue on. But slowly we begin to be affected by the things that we hear. My wife has said this and, and I've said this. Don't ever be surprised at the things that people will do. Doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what they do for a living, don't be surprised at the things that they will do. Because there's a level that, that we go to and we hope that we never would never go back and never compromise. It's becoming a lot more common than we, than we want to realize. Don't miss out on the rapture. Don't miss out. Verse 34, verse 31. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and stuff, and his stuff in the house, let him, not, let him come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Jump down to verse 34. I tell you, in, in that night, there shall be two men in one bed, there shall, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Two men in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered unto him, where, Lord? And he said unto them, whosoever, no. Wheresoever the body is, neither the eagles be gathered. In other words, those people will be taken away. But I want to stop here for just a minute because I want to, I want to focus on this for a second. 
a lot of times we think that if we're just good enough, and you, I watch these surveys and you see things on TV that people say, why do you think about God? You think you're a good person? You think you're going to heaven? Yes, they all think it's about everybody does. Everybody thinks that they're okay because they do more good than to do bad. And it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with being saved. It has nothing to do with, with the rapture of the church. It has nothing to do with what it has to do with, with our mentality as, as Americans is that we think, we just think, if we do enough good, then we're going to be accepted. And it goes beyond that. It goes to the spiritual, the spiritual part of who you are that has to be a spiritual man, has to be awakened. And you have to realize that there's more to this than, than just what you're doing. It's a whole mindset on the thing, even the things that come into your mind that you're constantly bombarded with. It's a mindset of how we are. In America, we don't like to, uh, let me go back in time, let's start off with, with when our kids were kids. People like to do trophies for everybody who played on a team and, and everybody on the whole team got a trophy because they don't want to feel uh, left out. And maybe they came in last place in the whole county and, and every, other, every other team does the same thing. And, but there's only one winner and, and for some reason we feel guilty because we don't have what somebody else has. Your kids, my kids, they need to learn what it feels like to lose. That's just part of it. That's just part of life and dealing with things. If you want, listen, if you keep always trying to protect your feelings, just start accepting anything. You will accept anything. First Thessalonians, oh, a selective. That's what I was going to say. You see, the rapture is going to be selective. It's not going to be just you go, you don't, you go, you go, you don't. It's not going to be a, a group of people who just uh, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. It's going to look at them and selectively choose certain ones who are ready to go. And if their spiritual man isn't prepared as much as their uh, physical man, they're not going to be going. Go to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 16, for the Lord himself would ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel with the, and the, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The thing that's important about this is that we don't begin to think, well, you know, the Lord's never going to come. The Lord's never going to return. Let me just stop and drop one more thing into your, into your thinking. One thing that had to happen before the rapture of the church could ever take place is Israel had to become a nation again. There had to be people unified in Israel. And, and in 1948, they became a nation again. And from then, it set everything on, on, on just began to, steadily progressing and things with uh, not just with Israel but even with us if you look from 1948 as in this the uh, nation becoming Israel becoming a nation again and you slowly see the effects of our thinking let me stop here there's not any place right up here or out right there 
And when you leave here, when I leave here, there's no place for arrogance. There's no place for a- anger. There's no place for, for any of that stuff that, that you ridicule, ridicule those who have been contaminated by the thinking of this world at all. And that's where we, the church has fallen short. We've, we've got this stereotype that if we say we're a church and we say we're Christian, we automatically get a, a label put upon us. And rightfully so, because in the past we have been rightfully so. We've looked down our noses on anyone who doesn't live up to our expectation. We do. Or we have. It doesn't mean that it's not expected. It doesn't mean that it's right. There is a certain way in which we live, and, and by God's principles and, and what the Lord has taught us through Scripture, there's a certain way that we can't, we've got to keep our thinking or we'll be contaminated by the rest of the world. And I'm not saying that you have to live in a box and live in your house. I'm just saying you have to learn to filter everything that you see and everything that you hear. And if you don't learn to filter it, you will be slowly become the one person that you never thought you would become. A church should never be a place to express hate, a place of grace, a place of compassion, a place of forgiveness, and a place of strong commitment, a place of strong convictions. There's a church out in is it Oklahoma, somewhere, Oklahoma, Kansas, somewhere. It's a Westwood Baptist Church or something like that out there. And they've done more to, to proclaim hatred by far, by far than they ever have the good. Matthew chapter 24. It gets maybe a little better before it gets worse. Matthew 24 verse 9. They shall deliver you up to, the, to be afflicted and shall kill you. You shall be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And shall the many be, be offended. And many shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. There is so much to be said there. I wish, I wish I could sit and think of, of all the ways that that is so relevant in which, the time in which we live. The church is anything but, but a pillar. It's expected to be. You're expected to, everything is, is above par and everything is perfect and everything from the outside is, is to be done right. But for some, for some reason, when it comes to political arena or, or whatever it is, uh, they begin to categorize us as a bunch of bigots and a bunch of homophobic and a bunch of uh, haters if somebody's not like we are. And that shouldn't be. I don't care who you are. I don't like any of this stuff that I've mentioned. But I sure got to learn to love the individual. It's, it's mind is being caught up in this stuff. It's not popular to be a Christian. That one guy, uh, I believe his name is Chris Pratt. He plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you seen that movie? That's pretty cool. It is. Bob, you haven't seen it? 
Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, it was a joke. Uh, I don't know a lot about who he is, but as soon as the, the media found out that he went to Hillsong Church, as soon as they found out there's anything about respectable or, or his life as, as trying to follow the things of Christ or whatever, they began to ridicule him and began to drag him uh, through the mud and through a, a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily true. But it's all because everybody thinks that we in the church hate everybody that's not in the church. What does this have to do with the rapture of the church? If you've ever been discouraged in church, if you've ever had somebody kind of uh, say things to run you off or uh, to not embrace you or whatever, that may be one impact of something that somebody says that influences us to, to maybe go a different direction. Verse 10, I'll go through this quickly. Many shall be offended, they will betray one another, and they will hate, you, they hate one another. That is anything that I would think that would go on in the church, but it often does. Hatred goes with anyone who's pushed out. I want you to get the video ready. Verse 13 and 14. Because he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come.
when you watch this. The reason I want you to see is because at that time, everybody in America was mesmerized by what took place on 911. The people there devastated, they absolutely just can't believe all this is happening. But this does not even begin to touch what will happen when the rapture of the church takes place. Panic will set in like you've never imagined. The financial world will be devastated because of it. We thought something like this, and this was horrific. It's extremely disturbing. If you're old enough in here to remember this, which probably you are, you will never forget the first time you heard about it. When you first heard that something was going on, you probably can tell me the time, the day, where you were at. I'll tell you where I was at. As a GND sitting in my office, and this devastating thing came across, and they all began to say the, the towers got hit. One of them got hit. While we were watching it online there, the other one hit. Millions of people disappearing all over the earth is going to create a, quite a havoc. There's going to be people from all walks of life, airplane pilots, train engineers, farmers, preachers, policemen, arresting somebody or getting ready to book them or whatever takes place and they'll disappear. It's so important what we live for. And in New York City, right after this happened, for a few months after it happened, probably the first year, six months or so after it happened, there was a vast increase in church attendance because people were desperate for answers and people were hurt and people were fearful and all these things and went to church for a while to uh, console themselves and to gather some direction in their life. But after about six months, it began to go back to normal. It's the same way with us. We can go to church and we can be faithful and, and it's incredible that you all are here this morning. I, I applaud you. I, I didn't know if we'd have anybody here, but in Second Timothy chapter three, This is something that every one of us have to deal with. Just hold off until I tell you to come back. I may be a little long, longer today. Every one of us have things we have to deal with. It's amazing what we think is so important in our life, and it really isn't. 2 Timothy chapter 1 through 5. 
Just know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. What does perilous mean? Grievous. Things that are difficult to sit and watch. And let me tell you, if things don't bother you anymore, I would question myself and my relationship. If, if none of the, the things which we see today bothers you at all in your spirit or grieves you none in your spirit, then more than likely you're, you're beginning sliding down this path. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, and that is so huge. The parents no longer have the value in their, in their kids' eyes. They're supposed to meet all their needs, but there's no value. And even when you're older, you don't value your parents. An unthankful, unthankful people. In every, every area of our life, we're unthankful, we're ungrateful, unholy. And then we get to the place that we're at today, and Verse three, without natural affection, without natural affection, we hear it so often, stay with me, we hear it so often that you can be with who you want to be with, you can be what you want to be, and, you, and nobody should judge you. Without natural affection, man for woman, woman for man, and I'm not hating this morning. I'm trying to get you to understand we've all been products because the more we hear it, the more numb we become to it. And over a period of time, every area of our life will be affected by what everybody says is normal. The first scripture read in Isaiah, you call them bitter sweet and sweet bitter, good wrong and wrong good. There's so many things that, that, that can creep into your life and into our, into our mindset that we can begin to act like in ways that it's, it's anything what God says. Without, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. Oh my goodness, have you ever seen so many false accusers, accusers as today? And all the time you're hearing about somebody, and are they guilty? They may be. But all the time you're hearing of somebody, if there's even a question about something that happened back in their college 30 years ago, they got to they give up a, a position that they have. Are you kidding me? It was all because of popular popularity and all because of what our society says is right or wrong. How many of you would like everything ever shown that you've done wrong 30 years ago? Okay, how many of you would like to have everything shown wrong with you within the last 10 years? What's well, nobody's business? Exactly. There's enough grace and that's where the church comes in. Because we got enough grace and we got enough mercy and we got enough. What do we got enough of? We should have enough of all those things. No restraint. Fierce, despisers of that was good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Why does it say from such turn away? Because you don't need their influence. It's like a parent. It's, stay with me. I know I'm, I'm really going on long today. But, but when I was in the seventh grade, and I've said this before, and I began to run with some guys that, that eh, has a, kind of questionable some of their behaviors. And my mom, my mom told me one day, she said, Dwight, 
You need to really be careful who you're running with. You'll become just like them. And it never really dawned on me until that. But when I heard her say that, my mind instantly went to these group of guys I was hanging with. And then I sat back and I began to watch. Is that what I want to be? Or our world and our news and our, and our, our things that are popular, when we look at them, do we think that's what I want to be? Who in Hollywood, as far as looking at them, would you want to be like? I don't care how good they're built or how good they look. I wouldn't want to be like them because they all, well, I'm going to shut up. And Genesis chapter 8, I'm going to tell you, this is where I'm going to go with, with the rapture of the church. Genesis chapter 6. If you need to stand up and take a break, I never do this. But I'm going to get to the end of this. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God looked upon, verse 12, God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all. The flesh was corrupted. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come up before me. The earth is filled with violence and through, through violence through them. And behold, I will destroy the earth. Here's the deal. Noah was given a chance, an opportunity, and he was, he was known as the righteous man. Everything about him, but his whole world is corrupted. And so the Lord tells him to build a boat. With most of us all in a little story, God tells him to build an ark. He's going to build this ark according to the law, the things that God said. And I know it seemed undetainable. It's insurmountable. There's no way he could build this big ark with a bunch of dowels and wood. But he, he did. He built a boat. And he told him all the promises that come with it. But let me tell you what Moses, Moses Noah dealt with in the, uh, um, in the meantime. Noah was a freak. He was a nutcase. For 100 years, he'd been telling them it was going to rain and that, that it was, a flood was coming. I don't care who you are. I, I, it was going on today. This say, and I would say this, and probably you would too. In the name of God, some, if somebody started building a boat or, or spaceships, they're going to build a spaceship. No, I can't do that either. Let's see. A, the guy's doing that already. Well, whatever it was, in that time, it was, it was totally labeled as a nutcase. How many of us are considered a nutcase because of our faith? Because of our staunch belief and, and because faith is a, is a big part of this, this faith deal. It's a big part of, about who he is and who he is to you. Because you can't always explain, you can't always put a, put a picture with it. God would come out with a big, big picture of himself. You can't always put that with it. But, but there's something about faith and that's why Noah was done. Chapter 7, verse 5. And Noah did according... Until all the Lord had commanded him, and Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters upon the earth. Go to verse 16. And they went in, male and female, of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and God shut the door. The moment that God shut the door and the first drop fell, and then the waters, the fountains began to break up. And I don't think it took, I think it took a few days for the, the water to really begin to cover the earth. But about that, for the next several days, there were people knocking on the door, banging on the door, desperate for an answer. Stay with me. 
Because this guy had done all these things for 100 years he'd been telling people about. And in our generation, we've told people about the rapture of the church and the coming of the Lord. And they say we're nutcases and they, don't, they push us out and they don't have anything to do with us because they label us and put us in a box. And at this man's life, his whole life for 100 years, he'd been telling them, it's gonna come, guys. It's gonna come. You need to, be, need to pay attention. It's gonna come. I'm making a way out. It's gonna come. And he was in that case, and he was laughed at. Until the door was shut, and God shut it. I think the door was so big, and I don't know if it's locked or what it was, but when God shut it, he could not open it. And their chance was gone. Everything. And I'm thinking about us sitting in church week in, week out, we hear a message about a variety of things, God's grace and God's wonderful, but we're all so contaminated by what the world says that we become anything but godly. And then we want to go, we expect to go into rapture. Well, I suppose I'm gonna go and I'm gonna close. Y'all can come back up if you don't care. In Genesis 19. Verse 4. But before they lay down the men of Sodom, even the, even the men of Sodom can pass the house around, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot, saying, Where are the men that came into thee tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. And Lot went to the door after them and shut the door after, after them. Sodom wasn't always that way. Sodom hadn't always been a, a country of, of a city that was demented in their thinking. We think of often, often we think of Sodom and Gomorrah. We think it was just a, initially a city that was, was contaminated by all kinds of bogus thinking. It was instantly started that way, but it wasn't. It's just a process of time. Process of time. Who was spared from Sodom? When fire and brimstone came down, it wasn't about, it wasn't that the people, it wasn't that God hated the people. God hated what they thought. And God hated what had become a, a norm in their life. And folks, you can look at it any way you want to and justify it. It was a guy I went to college with, CBC Bible College, and um, I told my Wednesday night, my Sunday night class a couple weeks ago. I won't tell the details, but this guy had uh, made a pass at me—not football, basketball. He was, yeah, it doesn't matter. He made that kind of pass, and uh, kicked him out of my room, told him to leave. Blah blah blah. We dropped out of school, went home that summer, and and um, 
I can honestly say I didn't, I didn't ridicule him. I didn't put him down. I didn't belittle him in any way I could have, and I didn't. He, didn't, he needed to know because he'd been caught up in, a, in some things in life. It got him thinking he was a certain way or, or he just it was easier to believe that. And his church or whatever didn't reach out their hands of mercy to him. He attempted suicide that summer. He was put into a psych ward because he felt lost. He felt condemned. He felt never good enough. With Jesus, I want to close here in just a second. God spared Lot and his two daughters and his wife. And he delayed the judgment until they got out of the city because these were demented people. And they wanted to variety of things they wanted to do in the city of, to, the, to the angels that came into Lot. And it sounds so demented and so terrible, but does it sound any different than today, really? No, it doesn't. As long as we get what we want, we don't care what anybody says or what happens to anybody else as long as it doesn't happen to us. The lot was spared. Not because of his goodness, but because of his ties. So what is it about God? Is he mad at all of us because we have some liberal thinking? Not at all. He's not saying you're going to hell, you scumbag. doesn't think that way at all. First Thessalonians, second Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine says something. First Thessalonians five, nine. It says, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. The first three books are written in Revelation for a purpose. It's amazing that God always follows suit. He's, his character is always the same. His, his judgment is always the same. And Noah, he just spared him and everybody else was, was done away with because nobody would listen to him for 100 years. And then Lot came and he tried to speak to people. Matter of fact, just him and his wife and his daughters were spared. Stay with me. I'm gonna close with this. But how many of us have become just like Lot's wife. We gotta look back. My heart gets heavy because I see people come to church and I wonder if we're really getting it, if we're getting a message that God is love. Man, he is awesome. He's great things for you. His grace is sufficient. That his grace is sufficient that you don't have to be contaminated by all this stuff. Uh, let's pray.
You know, there's going to be a catching away. It says that those who are believers and those that are, whose eyes are looking for him, those anticipating, those who look forward to his coming back. That can sound kind of discouraging to, to some people, but it's, it's usually because they've got someone that they're concerned about. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, please. Is your life confused? The rapture of the church takes place and it'll be pandemonium like you've never imagined. Just the ability to exist will be unimaginable for many of us. here this morning, you're not ready for the rapture of the church. I'm not trying to scare you in any way. This has to be a, a educational decision. This has to be a, 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 a good decision, not based on emotion. Because emotional things are higher, highs and lows and, and we don't live our life according to emotion. But if you are really not ready to meet the Lord, if you're not ready, you've never made Christ as your Savior. If you have not made Christ as your Savior, I want to give you this opportunity. This opportunity to come to Christ. 